Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a pretty popular platform, Twitch.tv. Twitch is a live streaming platform that focuses mainly on video games but also broadcasts esports, music, and other creative content. It was publicly released on June 6th of 2011. It was a spin-off of the streaming site Justin.tv because the gaming section of Justin.tv was the fastest growing category. So they thought, market this and kind of have it its own separate entity. In just two years, there were 45 million unique viewers. And within another year, in 2014, it was the fourth most trafficked site in the United States. Also in 2014, the parent company was rebranded as Twitch Interactive, and then they were bought out by Amazon for $970 million. Within another year, there were 100 million unique viewers. And as of 2020, there is on average 1.4 million viewers on the site at any given time. That's just mind-boggling that yeah. you could literally go on Twitch at any point during the day. And obviously, 1.4 won't always be it, but on average, 1.4 million people. There. Yeah, so that's a lot of people. So that means at peak times, there's probably a lot more than that. And then obviously, later at night, it gets a little less. But yeah, that's that's a, a hefty sum of people constantly on this website. I wonder what, like, now what the minimum or like the lowest is like within like a week or something right because obviously it would fluctuate but like i'm just curious it's like is low for them like nine hundred thousand or something and it's just like (laughs) oh my god i wonder oh i forget but from when we did our minecraft thing i think i want to say there's close to about a million people at any given time playing minecraft as well yeah that's probably right because minecraft has a huge following so it's probably similar to that it's just it's just insane how many people are committed to websites or video game like certain categories because it's just like i don't know there's just so much at any given time that it seems mind-boggling to me but there are a lot of people in the world so it's not undoable and speaking of that, we're kind of be touching in on that, that subject on why Twitch is so popular. So this is more of a like two-parter on why is it popular to streamers and why is it popular to viewers. For streamers, it's obviously it gives them a pretty big opportunity to play the games they love and enjoy while being interact with the community in real time. And I think a lot of that real-time interaction it's most likely one of the key features that makes streaming so attractive to the streamer because it's almost like being rewarding right away than like YouTube where you kind of have to wait for like the comments to come in where streaming you kind of get that instant gratification right now. And also with like live streaming you take the the need away to edit videos and then you can just continue recording more and it's, you can argue quantity over quality over this, I guess, where 
YouTube kind of takes the quality bits of the Twitch or whatever game you're playing because that's the whole point of like editing. But you can also do that with Twitch as in play more and give more to your audience. Not to mention you can go with clips that people put or like clips you even did and kind of make it your own because many youtubers will still kind of do that for their past streams but it's not like a huge focus for those who are like solely on twitch it's more of just an added benefit yeah i've definitely noticed that sometimes you'll be watching big youtubers on twitch and you know like they're big YouTubers because they have really quality content, but sometimes you'll just be watching their Twitch streams and it just kind of seems like it drags on a little bit. And you realize that when you're seeing their entertaining content on YouTube, it's literally the best of the best of the most of their hours of gameplay they have. So watching it, it's just kind of like you're waiting for those moments, or at least that's how I see it sometimes. want to take it a little one step further. I know this isn't about YouTube. This is, about twitch but i also feel like that i think it also kind of depends on who you're watching mm -hmm. because a lot of youtubers nowadays maybe before, back in the early days of youtube it was pretty much almost like an early twitch but a lot of times now if they, they have a lot of structure to their videos to where it actually feels like an episode of like watching a tv show so they a lot of people have it like scripted out. I know mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to believe. Some people think, oh, it's not scripted. But there are some things where it's like scripted out. So they planned ahead on what to record. Where Twitch is more, let's go have fun with friends and like have fun with the community and not worry about like all this. So like, I think that's, I just want to add that little thing. Yeah, no, that's a really good point going back on that because a lot of those big time YouTubers, they tend to have really good content. And you can, if you go back in time, a lot of them seem to have a different feel than what they have now because I think a lot of them know what their users want. So they kind of script their gameplays to focus around that specific um, demand. So I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I've noticed that some YouTubers seem a little more forced or they're. They're kind of playing on the aspect of getting laughs or being funny or just being absurd. And it doesn't feel real to me, but I understand why it's entertaining. And I just feel like a lot of YouTubers are going that way. Whereas, like you said, Twitch is more of a raw play with your friends. Don't focus on being scripted. Just have fun. So I definitely see the the difference between the two used, two platforms and why each of them are appealing. Yeah, we'll probably have to do a YouTube episode for sure. Mm -hmm. But let's try. Yeah, well, we could get YouTube, onto this debate for a while. Yeah, YouTube has such a long line of changes from when what it started as versus what it is now. Yeah, that's that's a good topic for a whole new mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for a whole another podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, since I'm talking about like viewership and stuff on YouTube and Twitch, let's talk about the viewer section of why it's so popular. So, like we have been saying, for viewers, it really comes down to the real-time aspect of it. I think that's one of the most appealing things of Twitch is the fact that it's in real time. You have the opportunity to log into Twitch, 
go to your favorite streamer, sit down, and just watch them. Like, it could also be a YouTuber that has a, a Twitch account and sometimes gets on. So you get to go sit down and enjoy a game with them. You will have this, like, journey. Basically, you can start a game with them and watch them complete it. Um, some people do, like, just... Um, series where they start from one game and they work down the series of games. So you basically just get to enjoy that with them without any cuts and edits. It's just raw, them messing up or them going through and just interacting. And then you have this opportunity to get a personal interaction from the streamer. They have the Twitch chat that is live in most cases with a few seconds delay. And you can communicate with the streamer and they may even acknowledge you, answer your questions, ask you questions, and you just get that deep personal feeling where it's like almost like you're talking to a celebrity in some aspects. The they and it's even great because you may even help them. Sometimes I've seen streamers like get stuck at certain parts and some people come into the comments and say, "Oh, you just have to do this. You just have to do that." And it just makes you feel good that you're helping someone else while just getting this experience. So that's just kind of like the, the vibe I get from Twitch, at least. It's just the fact that YouTube, you have that disconnect. You have comments, which is great. The YouTuber might come in a couple days a week and answer some comments and message out. But it's not the same because it's not real time. And I think that's one of the key features. Yeah, for me... I think what makes Twitch so popular is the interaction with actual people because it just makes you kind of reiterate a few things you said, but it just makes you feel more involved with the game, with the community, with the person like in general watching it. And I think that's why there are certain games that are popular on Twitch and maybe not popular on YouTube or why the fact Again, this is kind of going back to the early days of YouTube. I'm trying to stick to Twitch, but Let's Plays used to be a pretty big thing on YouTube. Or they would have, like, a YouTuber would have a series going, but then they would also have, like, a Let's Play going. Because Let's Plays would basically be, like, Twitch. Because it would be less editing and pretty much just the raw footage of them with their commentary on it. But... If you go to YouTube now, you will hardly find any Let's Plays because it's like if you want to spend hours watching someone, you might as well watch them on Twitch, do it for like two hours, then wait like a week for four episodes to come out where you can watch it all right then and there. And so that aspect, I think, helps draw people in because some people actually want to see the story played out either all at once or instead of waiting like a week at a week, especially with the rise of like Netflix and all this streaming software. So you don't have to watch commercials. It's kind of like the same thing now with Twitch, at least like let's play wise anyways. And with that, I think there are a couple main reasons why people would watch a streamer over them is one, they don't own the game. So whether they can't afford it financially or whatever the reason is, they don't own the game. So it's like, oh, or maybe you just have that feeling of wanting to play it, like maybe one or two matches, but it's like a 
40 or $60 game, and you're like, am I really going to spend $60 for a game I know I'm only going to play for a week? No. You'd rather, like, watch someone play it. Or another reason is you're on the fence of buying it. Like, you may have seen, like, the trailers or something, but you don't really know if it's a game you want. Even sometimes trying to watch it on YouTube, it's edited. It's almost made to look good, where if you watch a streamer play it, you get to see the grinding portions. You get to see, like, how long would it take you from start, like, beginning to get to a a level where, like, you're either strong enough or, like, you think there's a skill cap where you can finally just do whatever you want. Is it going to take you, like, 20 hours to get to this point? Or is it only going to take you a few hours of grinding? And then that could help deter you if you're going to buy the game or not. Mm -hmm. And then with a lot of, like, online games like Fortnite, League of Legends, any MOBAs, Overwatch or fps there could be people that just want to play it like watch people play it at a higher skill level like for me when i was big into league of legends i'm still kind of play it here and there but i am at most like a high tier gold player i think i think the highest i ever placed was like gold four to gold three which if you play league that's not very high i think that's probably average I think gold is like average or something i don't know but it's fun to see like the pro players that are streaming play your champ but like in a different way like with different builds where you know if you tried that on your like level i don't have the game mechanics to pull this off but they do and it makes it a little more fun to watch because you're like oh look at this like this person who's normally a mage is going attack damage. Like, I could never do that because I couldn't get out of the laning phase. But this person can because he has the mechanics to do it by, pl- like, almost handicapping himself. But it makes for fun entertainment. And you're just like, oh, my God, that looks so fun. I wish I could do that and could give you motivation to get better. Or at least, like I said, just Sometimes it's just fun to watch like someone do a wacky build that you know you can't do in game because you don't have the skill set. So watching someone with a higher skill set can either motivate you or just be more fun because you're not at that level so you can't have fun and do wacky things without people flaming you or like getting so stressed out because everyone's like, oh my god, troll, troll, and you're worried your account's going to get banned. So with this, there's another, with Twitch and their streaming, there's another way to see a different aspect of the gaming portion if you're, like, very into the online competitive scene. Yeah, I never really thought about that aspect of the game, like, or of Twitch, that you are watching to watch someone play at a higher level than you or a higher skill set. Because I kind of just, I look at it at at a surface level. And I just think people are enjoying watching others play just in general. But I never really thought of the fact that people are going because they know that their skill set isn't at a professional level. And they want to see someone play with that type of talent and that type of gameplay. Because I know with MOBAs and stuff, you can drastically change how a character works just based on like the type of strategy you use. 
so I never really thought of watching someone who plays a specific main, like who might main someone like you do, and just watching them take a completely different perspective on the character. So that's a really cool thought. I never really looked into much. Yeah, I feel like with YouTube, yeah, there are guides and stuff. And back when Overwatch first came out, there was a person I watched on YouTube that would make videos discussing the maps. Not, like, the actual gameplay, but, like, the maps and, like, what you could do, what are good, like, flanker points, what person would be, like, what heroes were good at what choke points. And I had to say, after watching a few of those, when I got those maps, I tested out some of that thing, and I instantly, I think, grew in skill set just knowing more about the map and knowing flanks or knowing people who you wouldn't think be able to get to certain places, but they mm-hmm. can, and then it surprises the enemy. And YouTube and Twitch are a little different in that aspect, where YouTube, yeah, or you can watch a guide do it, but it's like... If you watch YouTube, it's a one-time thing. It could be like, it just worked for this scenario. You don't know how many times they tried this. Where Twitch, like you said, you see the raw footage. You see, out of ten times they did this, it only succeeded three times. But just those three were enough to make a video for them. But it's like, well, if it only succeeded 30% of the time, is it because of their skill set? Or is it because it's really... They just got lucky and like you need a fixed scenario for this to happen to win so watching high level people do it you get to see their opinions and how because they will look at the game differently especially if it's a game like overwatch like fortnite like league of legends that are esports or even rocket league that rocket league pulls in a lot of people when the the tournament comes on. I even watch it because Rocket League, I think, is a great example. Have you ever played Rocket, Rocket League? No, I haven't. And Rocket League, when I see Rocket League videos, honestly, what the fuck is going on in those? I don't even understand how they get their vehicle to move like that. Like, I've never I played don't know it, either. so I don't know the game mechanics, but, like, it just seems unbelievable the amount of, uh, like, skill and just maneuverability these vehicles have and obviously they're edited videos but i've never seen live streams so i've only seen edited which is like the best of the best but like i it's it's unbelievable to me you need to watch a rocket league league then it is insane they make it look literally so natural that when it came out free after like I watch it because I don't have like a lot of uh, people that play it or like sometimes it's just one of those games where I'm just like eh, I don't know if I really want to play it but it was free instead of 20 bucks now so like every now and then I'll try it but like I watched a Rocket League League and they just made it look so natural I was like oh wow maybe this game isn't as hard as it looks you play a game I'm like how the frick did they go from their goal fly straight up, hit the ball, like, perfectly to go towards the goal. Or, like, they would be on the side, do a flip in the air, bump it sideways, and it still goes towards the goal. I'm like, how the hell did you guys do this? I can't even stay in the air for longer than two seconds, and you guys (laughs) are literally flying 
half the match. Yeah, I don't understand it. They use like some sort of rocket fuel pro- projectile magic. I don't know. So that that's like a game where it looks fun and like if I'm playing with friends, even when I lose, I generally have some fun because like it's just more the we're so bad, it's it gets fun type yeah. of game. Yeah, sometimes looking at people with higher skill sets like on Twitch and stuff, I'm watching a game and I'm like, oh, this game seems really fun. And then I play it and there's a huge learning curve and I'm just like, wow, like this is a big yikes. Yeah, so Rocket League, going back to like the main reason I think people watch, Rocket League is like one of those things I love to watch because I can't play it for shit. <laughs> but it's just amazing to see what people can do with this. And then, like, one of the last things I think also to help, like, the viewers is there's a lot more, like, mini games you can now play. There's one where it's, like, a boss battle or something. Like Twitch Raiders? Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That looks fun. And I've, never inter- I've never interacted in it, but that seems like... I, really I did fun. once. It was cool. It I, I forget who I was watching, but it was, like, you had to donate bits or follows or something and you got like a little sprite character to go in this battle and the more people who did it the streamer character would get stronger and stronger and so you would end up going and fight some kind of horde of monsters and if you had enough people do it you could win or you would lose it was whatever but it's just like some little extra thing i think one of my favorites that they just added is this like word scramble game where they give you like eight letters and then you have to think of like three three letter words that come from it four four letter words that come from it and like one five letter words that come with it do you know kind of know what i'm talking about i mean i i get the concept i've never seen this one yeah and so like if you get if you manage so everyone you just have to type in the words in chat and if it's there it will like pop up and if you manage to get, like, all of them, you get three stars. Because you can get one, two, or three stars. It's kind of like a mobile game when you clear a level. And if you get three stars, you generally could skip, like, two or three levels. But then there gets to be a point where there's, like, 12 letters. But then there's a fake letter. So there's one letter in there that doesn't go with any of the words. Like, even if you can spell out a word, it's still a fake letter. So say you could write out the word chalk. But H is considered the fake letter. Even if you can write out chalk, it won't go through because it's like, nope, H is a fake letter. And then there could be a blank tile to where you have to figure out what that letter is. And it's just something fun that I've seen a couple of Twitch streamers do, like between matches or like just taking a break from whatever game they're doing to interact with the chat. And like even some small time people that I'm part of when they were doing it, it was so much fun to get like everyone because you're kind of racing other people. So it's just very interactive. And even if you're not playing the game, you just feel Mm -hmm. you're part of the experience. And I think that's especially now with like TV and everything, it being actually a part of it is what draws people. Yeah, I for the longest time, I never really understood the idea of watching Twitch streamers. I understood YouTube, like we've mentioned, because the videos are edited. All the fluff is cut out. So you just get straight content that's either funny or serious or like scripted. But basically, you're always going to be able to find what you're looking for. 
you don't really get that with Twitch. You might get hours of mediocre or boring content, but the next stream might be like a lot of fun with great interaction and unexpected gameplay. So the results are very inconsistent with Twitch. So it never really clicked with me. I've never really understood the, the craze behind it, but I've been starting to come around to it. And I understand the appeal because you're there for the journey with a streamer you admire and you just enjoy that interaction that you're able to get, even if the results of it are inconsistent. It's just completely different from watching YouTube content. And like you said, you mentioned like streamer raids or, or stream raiders and this word scramble. They're giving you a lot more ways to interact with your streamer that you're watching. Because I think streamer or stream raiders, you have like a little pawn or whatever, and you kind of build up your attack force, and then the streamer controls the person and goes, and you kind of clear a dungeon and get loot at the end. So it gives you this little sense of you're helping out, you're being part of this bigger community that's not just typing in a, a voice or a group chat on the side panel of Twitch. You're actually going and helping play a game with your streamer so it just adds that more sense of community now while i don't yeah, yeah I, oh, I was gonna say i don't often get on twitch and watch other streamers but when i do i can enjoy the time i spent watching and i've seen a guy do uh stream raiders and i never participated in it but i've watched him do a few and i'm just like that's actually looks really fun and i might join in it's just something you see everyone having fun and having a good time and it's just like I really like that. Yeah, I definitely think that's like the main difference you can see between a lot of like top tier streamers and people like starting out and everything is how inclusive they can get mm -hmm. like with their chat and how people respond and that. So a lot of people may look at Twitch like they did, especially in our early days of YouTube or anything like gaming related they were everyone would always be like why are you watching someone play the game when you could play the game yourself and then of course there's that whole response why are you watching someone play football when you could play football yourself mm -hmm. and it's like yeah they're I, essentially I, the exact same thing but people aren't getting that and i think with the generation gap mm -hmm, that's what i was gonna say yeah, that is was a big part of it. But nowadays, with technology constantly evolving and it just being so much part of our life, I feel it is almost more acceptable now. Mm -hmm. Or it, it's almost... Oh. I was just going to say, especially with the gaming industry becoming ever-expanding. Like, it's getting more and more expansive and inclusive and it's getting a lot of dollars like it's it's a multi-billion dollar industry so i think that's definitely increasing the acceptance because our our system is run by money and if it's if it's making a lot of money people are like all right maybe there's something behind here like watching this this esports game like yeah it's just the more it the bigger it gets the more people are going to accept it and I think that's just really cool because, like you said, people were always like, why are you watching them play a game? And a lot of the Generation Gap didn't really understand that. But as it just gets bigger, I think more people are finding things that they actually can enjoy with it. Especially how you said it's getting more recognized. I remember the first time 
ESPN hosted esports with a League of Legends World Championships, or it was LCS, one of the one of the two. It was either World Championship LCS or Summer Split, one of the leagues. But ESPN officially made like an esports section, and that like blew up. Like everyone was going crazy. One they they're like, oh my god, they're finally accepting it. That's why it's like going off Twitch now. You may watch like a few different streamers. Heck, that could be a conversation starter. You could be like, hey, have you ever heard of so and so? And then like, oh yeah, have you heard of so and so? They kind of do similar top, and like you can easily make friends now with that. So it's just become more socially acceptable. I feel mm-hmm. like as time goes on. Yeah, and with the expansion of the industry. ESPN jumped on it, obviously just for the money. It's not like the people in charge of ESPN probably care about video games, but it's for the money. But the fact that they're expanding it gets it more accessible to people, and they realize like the amount of enjoyment that can come from a video game, just watching it in general. Because tournaments are cool because you have a team to root for, and it's I mean it's just like a football game or something. You have a team and you want to root for them, and you're with them through all the steps. So it's it's definitely becoming more acceptable, I think, not necessarily even by uh, choice. It's kind of being forced on some people, and I think that's fine because it's part of the generation mer- generations merging, and then eventually uh, it'll just become normal. So one of those milestones that help make Twitch so popular is, I'm sure you've all probably at least heard of it, is Twitch Plays Pokemon. Now, this was a social experiment gameplay of Pokemon version Red, and I mean the original version of Red. This experiment used the Twitch chat room to control the Pokemon trainer. Players would type in commands in the chat, and it would get translated to in-game action. So if you typed in up, he would move up. If you typed in down, he would move down. The gameplay holds the Guinness World Record for most participants on a single-player game, topping out at 1,165,140 players. The idea was created by an anonymous user and became active in February of 2014. On average, there was probably about 80,000 people watching at any given time, with a peak viewership of about 120,000. Total viewership at the end of the gameplay was about 55 million viewers. The game was completed after 16 straight days of gameplay. This and is absolutely mind-boggling to me. It really is. Like, if you actually look back on it, because when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, and I would watch it for like an hour or two a day just to honestly like see how crazy people were. And I and I put in a few of my own commands in there, <laughs> but all oh, the phenomenon that would follow this was insane. But I'll yeah. get to that in a little <laughs> bit. I was going to say, I don't know a whole lot about this. I was never part of this community. I just recently found out about it. I mean, I think they're still going on, and I just recently kind yeah. of heard about it, and I didn't realize it was such a big movement <laughs> or experiment. Uh, from what I understand, though, the gameplay didn't always go over so smoothly. There were often many hiccups, specifically involving the chaotic nature of the voting system that caused difficulty to get through puzzles 
like the one in Team Rocket's hideout. Um, after spending a long time on a specific spot, the creator, the broadcaster, decided to change the voting style to a more democratic style voting system, which meant the viewers had to vote on the movements of the player. This caused this change caused a lot of outrage and caused people to protest in the game chat. So they would protest by so one thing about this is you could say right and the most voted right if the most voted was right the player would move right but then you could say right three and if that was the most voted the player would move right three times so people started spamming in game chat start nine and if that was the most voted then it would open and close the start menu nine times so they did this so they could slow down the gameplay and just kind of protest the the entire thing so eventually the creator then changed the voting system to be even that to be voted on. So they had a voting system for anarchy voting or democracy voting. So once one of those were chosen, then it would it would override and then you could go back to anarchy if that's what the viewers wanted. After red version, they then moved on to crystal and uh, they did a voting system similar to what they were doing with the anarchy and voting democracy voting. And every hour, it would automatically switch to democracy. And then they would have to vote to change it back to anarchy if that's what they wanted to. But one fun thing about Crystal Version that I thought was really cool that the broadcaster did was he edited the code so that the player red on Mount Silver had the same Pokemon that the Let's Play red version had when they beat the elite four so say they beat it with well i don't want to give a whole team but the the team they ended red version with is the team that they put into mount silver so i thought that was a really cool feature and supposedly he added it because that's the way the game was intended to be played the game could um know your previous history if I remember, I don't remember everyone, but there was Lord, oh, oh my god, what was it, Lord, uh, Lord Helix, I knew, oh, Lord Helix, Bird Jesus, Lord Helix, the Amistar, Bird Jesus, the Pidgeots, the, oh, what did they call Zapdos? Is that what this meme came from? Yes. Lord Helix came from, Let's you didn't know that? I had oh no idea. God. I just thought it was something stupid, like some some random streamer or oh YouTuber my God. made. Oh my God. I didn't think that you, actually came from Let's you Play. You hurt me. <laughs> you hurt me. So, yes, there's Lord Helix. I, I got to give you a quick history rundown. There's Lord Helix, the Amistar. There was Bird Jesus, the Pidgeot. There was Zapdos. I forget his name. There I'm, was I'm ATV, the Venomoth. There was... I want to say it was a a Niddle King. I got it. Did they have I got a Niddle King? I'm I'm oh. testing you, so I'll tell you if you're right or wrong at the end. And um, God, what's the what's the last person? Oh my God, I'm so I'm I feel so ashamed not knowing this team. Cause ATV, the Venomoth, the Dragon Killer. There was Bird Jesus, the Pidgeot that was completely over leveled. Lord Helix, the Amistar. I forget what they named the Zapdos. I know those four 
Oh, there was Lapras. Mm-hmm. There was Lapras. What what was his name? So, uh, so and, and then from, I can't think of the sixth one. From what I can tell, those names are just fan given because um, I, I assume the chaotic nature of the game made these names yeah. whack. So yeah, there's Am- Ammonite, which is Lord Helix, which they actually didn't name him. Apparently, he was just Ammonite. Then there's yeah, because it was a fossil. I don't think you could have yeah. uh, oh. named him. Pidgeot, which is Bird Jesus, which was named A A B A A J A A. Yeah. Uh, Battery Jesus. That's what it was called. That's what they called him. Which looks like it's named A A J. Yep. Uh, the Foz, which is Nidoking. Which it is, was Nidoking. I knew it. Which is just all A's. A, um, uh, Air Jordan, which is Lapras. Oh, yep. I've now I, I know that. His name was A I I I I I I R R R. Yep. And then All Terrain Venomoth, which is A A T T V V V. Yep. And they nicknamed him the Dragon Killer because in Pokemon Red, what happened was they were on Lance and they were on his strongest Dragonite and they only had like Venomoth left. But the thing was. The game code would pick the moves that like were super effective to you. And Dragonite knew a psychic move that was super effective to bug or poison, whatever it was. But it was the move Barrier, so it did no damage. And so Dragonite just spam Barrier. So this like level 36 Venomoth defeated a level 62 Dragonite. And caused them to like win the game. So everyone went ballistic and called this Venomoth, ATV Venomoth, the Dragon Killer. And it was insane. I'm, and oh. oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm just shocked that they were able to pull this off. This is just wild to me. It really is. But like the reason why it was Bird Jesus is because they had him for like ever like from the beginning and he was always su- over super powered and so like he would always win uh their starter was charmander named abby but unfortunately she however you want to she either died or was released probably released so because people are assholes <laughs> No, she was released, but like the oh. like the lore behind it. Ah. There's like a whole bunch of like lore behind this. Uh, there's like a lot of fan art where like you can see Red with the commands going in, and like he's going crazy. So there's one where they like release the Pokemon. They release Abby and I think a Zubat or a Rattata, and they're and it's like go run away before I go crazy, save yourself, and then there's. The darker one where it's chat killed him, killed Abby and what that. There's even a an event called Bloody Sunday. And this was, I believe, right after they captured Zapdos. They were trying to go to the PC to get Zapdos to be in the party. And on that Bloody Sunday, they released 13 Pokemon. Oh my god. You know that was intentional too. Oh, I bet. Like it People with all assholes. the commands and everything, it it's a day that would live in infamy. Infamy. 
infamy. <laughs> I don't know why I can't speak that word. Oh, well. But maybe- it was just insane. And then like the whole Lord praise feel uh, praise Helix is because when they got because you get the fossil so early on, mm-hmm. and what happened was they would be walking and then someone would hit start and then they would constantly use the fossil and to be like can't use the fossil can't use the fossil (laughs) so they made this whole religion around this praise helix and the whole like he was part of anarchy and if you were voting for the democratic system you were against helix and again like kabutops and like kabutops was the antagonist of this and then you even had the frost uh, the frost the false prophet of flareon (laughs) they got the eevee and they wanted a Jolteon, but then they ended up turning it into a Flareon. So it became mm. a false prophet. The game got so popular that at my work, I had to, I was checking the restrooms to make sure it wasn't like dirty or whatever. Someone actually graffitied the stall door and said, praise Helix. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I never understood the origin of that meme, but now I do. Uh, yeah, the, you got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> but uh, going with some critiques, because with any platform based around internet communities, it's not always going to be a fun ride. Whether it's about the community itself uh, or the company or the UI or the website, someone is bound to be unhappy. So like anything, I believe Twitch has its ups and downs with new community guidelines and other areas they fix as time goes on. But like I said, that goes with any platform. I think for the most part, you have some good and bad streamers just like YouTube. There's going to be scandals, which I'm sure many people, like just saying that word, many people can think of one or two off the top of their head that happen with Twitch. And there's always going to be some people that argue, is it a real job or not? But personally, I think if you can draw in thousands of people to watch and have fun then what's the difference between that and any other sport? Because it's the same thing as going to see a football game. You go in there to see a team play or even a certain person. So it's like, so what's the difference if we're doing that but at home? Especially now with like COVID, I think it helped boost its popularity. And so there's always this stigma of people and it is it a real job you're only playing video games but i think that also goes back to one of the reasons why people watch it is playing it at a higher level because like okay yes anyone can play fortnite i could play fortnite can i win a solo cup event that they do absolutely not unless i get lucky on some of my most of my solo wins that i have on that game are either because I hid the entire game or the dude got dumb and I killed him for a stupid mistake. But just like anything else, people take time to like practice this to get better so they can entertain people. And I think it's just like being an entertainer. Because if you're saying that them playing that and talking to chat and like joking around and having fun, then 
why are you watching movies? It's an actor. The, they're literally doing nothing but saying dialogue. Well, and acting. <laughs> I guess that's not just saying dialogue. But it's like the same... I feel like almost the same concept. They're an entertainer. Yeah, it's a different media. And with the editing portion and everything, they make the world different. But it's like, okay, but if you just had that actor, like go into a theater or a radio host or something, you're literally just listening to them talk. And I know there's a lot of the older generation that like their talk shows or like listen to the radio and stuff like that. So what's the difference between that and a streamer who's talking while playing a game? So you're getting both ends of the spectrum. And I think a lot of the critique is just around almost the the stigma of a streamer. And just with that in general. And that's why, like, what people attack. Um, I want to say it's funny that you mentioned you're like people like to listen to broadcasters or talk show hosts. But you failed to mention that people like to listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Hey now that's that's different. Podcast are, podcast is sweet. We we're scripted, so it's like an episode. <laughs> no, I just thought that was funny that you went to two completely different things, but literally we're attempting to be entertainers here. Doing yeah, our best. And I think we are. That's no, why yeah, the crit- I don't exactly. understand why people do it. But yeah, I really yeah, don't understand I know, the heat streamers get for being streamers like i think if you can monetize your time and your efforts into a community and have people value your time then that is a great way to to spend it like i don't understand why people have to give streamers so much heat because it's not a real job but if you're getting entertainment and value out of that person's time i think it's worth it like that I don't think should be criticized. One of my biggest complaints about, well, I, yeah, one of my biggest complaints about the website is about the website. I mean, I have some complaints about the inner workings of how they handle harassment and in-game chat and stuff like that. Cause there's a, there's a whole big thing about uh, the harassment issues they have going on. One of my biggest complaints outside of that is the website and interface and navigation. The website is just an absolute mess of just video screenshots with tiles or titles underneath them. They're all grouped by a category such as Minecraft or just chatting or Among Us, which is great in theory, but the entire interface is just a chaotic mess of videos. There's no focal point, so your eyes just run wild and they don't have anything to focus on. A good design would have you have a focal point, and from there you can easily tell how the website's going to flow and navigate. And I feel like even after using Twitch for quite some time, I still sometimes feel like I'm just aimlessly clicking, trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go to find the page I'm looking for. Not to mention, like, the recommended channels and recommended streamers they give you seem to have no algorithm whatsoever as to why they're being recommended. They just push streamers that have the most views or are the categories that are trending at the time. And as far as I'm aware, there's no way to specify what you what you actually would enjoy while watching. I mean, there is to a degree, but there's still channels that'll pop up like 
these are the most popular ones, so we're going to flood the front page with it. And it's like, I don't want to see that, and I have no way of just filtering out those categories. I'd rather replace the sidebar with all the streamers I follow rather than recommended streamers because 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I don't click on any of those recommended streamers. They show no interest to me. And there's just no customization available to their UI. And that just upsets me. One thing. Are you talking about the the one that shows like on the very top that you can like sh- click shit through that's kind of like a circle? Or are you talking about like right below it where it's like recommended channels because you watch this, we think you like you could like like these people well they do have the live channels we think you would like which i get that's fine but then as you just keep scrolling they just have a clusterfuck of videos and categories and it's just like there's too much going on and not, nothing is unified so it's just so hard to focus on their website okay yeah that's okay that's what i figured because i was about to say that if you if you don't know the very top where it's kind of like that circle that shows like people actually live streaming, that is specifically they, I don't know if they handpick it or if it's random, but they pick a variety of people from small streamers to like medium size, I guess. And it's called, I forget, it's like called Twitch Spotlight or something. So you may, yeah, because I was about to say, you may not like any of those, but it's just a, like, spotlight channel to no. get you, to help you grow. Yeah, no, but I, 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 at first I thought you were oh, no. arguing about that. Oh, no. I, I really like that that's a way for them to smart, support smaller streamers, because a lot of times, a lot of streamers just get buried with no support whatsoever, and it almost seems like, for quite some time, that they only cared about large streamers, but the fact that they're giving a spotlight is great it's everything underneath that that's just a clusterfuck of chaos i hate (laughs) and don't get me started on their their mobile ui it's just atrocious it's so hard to find like this the streamers you follow you have to scroll through recommended streamers if they're offline it's just a mess and i hate it so that's just mm. (laughs) i can't stand their user interface and going off of other things people can't stand mostly this is more i guess tailored towards the content creators themselves is the dmca related bans and strikes now as we kind of mentioned twitch hasn't gone all this time without any controversial moments it's pretty hard to with an internet-based platform and recently, there was a large crackdown on copyright infringement without any warning. Which, of course, copyright infringement should be taken seriously because, especially with me being in like the film industry and everything, I completely understand the whole copyright issue. But the main issue was there were main Twitch humans that are well established with hundreds of hours of videos and years of streaming. Like the main people... I'm sure you can, if someone asks you a Twitch, name like five Twitch streamers, you could probably easily name them and they're like the main high ones or whatever. And they're being hit out of nowhere with copyright notices that were like five years old. Mm -hmm. In the past, Twitch would receive only about 50 DMCA notices a year. Currently, they're being hit by thousands 
per week. Many streamers had to take down videos for risk of getting banned because the problem is three strikes and you're out. Your account will be perma-banned. And the issue with these streamers with hundreds of videos is they had to shift through them all and delete videos in question or things they risk to being copyright struck. And there just wasn't a simple solution for this on Twitch. And it they felt like they were not being supported by their platform like all this time. And there's just a lot of headache behind this. And it's still currently not resolved. Yeah, this was crazy to me because I believe they gave when they were giving streamers their DMCA warnings notices, they basically told them you need to take down these videos in question in three days. Like they had a three day limit. And if they didn't, they'd get a strike per video or something along those lines. And like you said, they had years worth of videos, hundreds and hours worth of content. They had to sift through them and delete the ones that may have infringed on this copyright, which just is not a viable solution when you have hundreds of videos. And they have no way to quickly just go and search through. You have to, like, go through each video. Just not a good solution. And Twitch's response to prevent this in the future was not... So this is one reason why the this kind of blew up in the first place. They basically told streamers to turn off the in-game audio while streaming. It's like... The audio kind of makes a game. It's a big portion of gaming. And watching it with zero sound wouldn't be very enjoyable. I mean, obviously some streamers could get by that due to their very charismatic nature and their natural-born, like their their natural entertainment value. So this statement received a lot of criticism and protest. After a lot of backlash from the community for being blindsided, and not giving enough support, Twitch finally tweeted out a series of tweets apologizing <clears throat> and stating that they're going to help support streamers and help them avoid this issue in the future. And some of the one of the tweets said, Your frustration and confusion with recent music-related copyright issues is completely justified. Things can and should be better for creators than they are or than they have been recently. The next few tweets will outline our plan to be better partners to creators. So then they <clears throat> they listed out a lot of ways they're going to help. So it's it's slowly getting better. But the issue basically created this rift between content creators and Twitch and made them feel like they had no support whatsoever. And this was a huge issue that um they were facing. And again, going off of like YouTube this happened a lot with YouTube as well as all of a sudden there was the ad apocalypse and then there was the copyright movement as well. And like so many people got copyright claimed for like videos that were like five or six years old. And I feel like a majority of the reason why this is happening is kind of like how we've been sitting throughout the whole podcast is because more and more people are getting into this. And so I feel almost like companies are personally attacking these people now because they're like, oh, we're not making money off of this or whatever, which I don't think that's the case. I can't tell you how many games I've bought because I watched a streamer play it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> or for in, like sometimes I honestly just love the soundtrack and I bought a few game soundtracks because of like playing the game or like watching it. And if anything, 
I feel like it's almost free advertisement. Because, say someone streaming, like even a big name streaming that has 40,000 people. Granted, maybe, even if 30,000 of those people never buy that game. If out of those 40,000, like 500 or 1,000 people buy the game because of that streamer. You know how many people that probably added that probably wouldn't have in the future? Or maybe they are on the fence of buying it, but then watching this person play it so much, they're like, you know what, I want to play it. Or they just want to play it to have a chance to play with that streamer. It's like, there's so many reasons, but if you are going to copyright them, and they're a big name, they're probably not going to play your games anymore. And then it's like, oh great, you just lost advertising to 40,000 people for six hours a day for for zero cost. And I just think that is not smart. Yeah, and that's actually a perfect segue for something that I wanted to mention. So, this isn't Twitch's issue. This is more of outside of Twitch. But some game developers have been trying to make some sort of proposal or change in a way to Twitch and streamers to where when they play their content, like they play their video games, they want the streamers to pay royalty fees for broadcasting it because they say that since the streamers are playing they're taking away people's incentive to buy the video game and hurt their sales so they want that cost to be made up by royalties from streamers which i mean there's probably a bunch of different options that they want instead of just royalties or there's probably if you make if you broadcast to this many people you have to pay x amount of dollars but I think that's absolutely insane that these people, because I see it at this the same way as you. It's free advertising. Like there are some games where I just am like, I will not buy this game because it is too expensive of a price point. So I'm going to watch a streamer play it. And then I watch a streamer play it and I'm like, okay, this game might be worth the price point. So uh, it's basically free advertising. And I would never have bought a specific game if it wasn't for like a streamer that I've seen or a video that I've seen. So asking for royalties because of this free advertisement is i think absolutely insane because i mean let's be real the music industry is still going strong and you know how many people illegally download songs yeah that's still true. to this day and they're fine you still see new artists coming up so what's the big deal because I, I just feel like, especially when it comes to gameplay, yeah, if because if they're streaming to thousands of people, even if 80% of those people don't buy games, that still leaves you with 200 to 300 copies sold that may have not been sold because of they just watched a trailer. Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen a trailer and I put it like on a wish list or like put it on the back burner, like maybe I'll buy it. But it's like, 40 or 50 dollars i'm like i'm not going to buy this game unless it goes on sale for like 10 bucks so it's like okay so as a game developer that you want money would you rather me buy your game waiting years for it to go on sale for 10 dollars <laughs> or see a streamer play it and be like oh shit i need that game and spend 50 dollars right that's just 
That's my point. Yeah, I. When it, all that comes down to is, I think that this crackdown is kind of absurd in most cases because it is free advertising. And I get sometimes um, the copyright infringement doesn't have to do with. I mean, it has to do with like the mu- in-game music or something, so they might not own the rights to that specific song or music. So I get it, but at the same time, it's like there needs to be some better way to work around. Or if you do have copyrighted music, like some games actually are having options that say like turn off copyright music in game, so then you can freely play. So there's some workarounds that need to be done, but it needs to get better. Yeah. But, like I said, hopefully Twitch fixes that. But I think we could rant about this for quite a bit. But I think that's kind of about time to start wrapping this up. Yep, I would agree. So, for you guys, my question of the day is, who's your guys' favorite streamer? And why is it the Arctic Arrow? (laughs) Which, if you guys didn't know, that is my stream. Oh gosh, it's definitely not the Arctic Arrow. It's probably Copper Cataclysm. That's your favorite, but whatever. That's mine. If you guys didn't know, but yeah, I'm actually interested if uh, or who your guys' favorite streamers are because I like to see what everyone's. I mean, looking into someone's favorite streamer kind of lets you know like what type of games they like, their entertainment, and what they're kind of looking for in it. So I think that'd be really cool to see what you guys are into. Definitely help us out picking out some episodes maybe for you guys in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, So with that, I think we're about wrapped up here. So I'm going to sign you guys off with some facts. So in, in 2021, Twitch is ranked 34th globally for overall entertainment engagement. Or, sorry, internet engagement. And for context, there's over 2 billion websites on the internet. And it's ranked 34th. So, pretty impressive. Damn. Uh, the name for Twitch came from the term Twitch gameplay, which refers to a player's reaction time. The newest update of Fortnite, the one with the cutscene with heroes fighting against Magneto actually crashed Twitch for a few minutes due to so many people turning in, tuning in, which is absolutely mind-blowing because... And I was actually there when it happened. Really? And that's how I know it's, like, real. I was watching someone, and they were, were like, someone mentioned, like, oh, Twitch is crashing. I was like, what do you mean? I'm, like, watching this person. And I went, and, like, you couldn't watch anyone not yeah. just people who are watching like Fortnite. like you couldn't watch anyone that was streaming it legitimately crashed twitch because there was either like between nine hundred thousand to like over a million people watching this cutscene at that one time which is over their average they get per day in one like in a, a 10 minute time frame yeah th- that is absolutely mind-blowing because you have to think the amount of traffic they get on a regular basis their servers are large enough to handle that and like that influx. But when you get it in 10 minutes, that's uh that's crippling. 
Yeah, because think about it. Having They could have had their 1.4 average that day and then add another million mm-hmm. of the people who just want to watch that Fortnite update. That's insane. But that's the last fact I have for you guys. So if you guys want uh, episode updates, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have any questions, concerns, or recommendations, email us, weepspawn at gmail.com. Also, you can follow both of us on Instagram and Twitter and twitch.tv for me at the Arctic Arrow and for Joshua, Copper Cataclysm. But that will be all for us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we'll see you guys next time.